Anything combat with Johnny K. Well, it's anything combat, though. Welcome back, combatants, to the Anything Combat show, where we discuss everything mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Johnny K, and today we're joined by a special guest. Tapology has him ranked as the fifth lightweight, like ranked number five lightweight in the U.S. region. He's fought in the PFL. He's an international fighter. He just came off a 90-second finish. He's uh, the Canadian badass, Michael Dufort. How are you, Michael? I am pretty good. How are you? Good. Let's talk about that 90-second finish, man. So did you think you were going to make easy work of your opponent, or did you think it was going to be harder? Um, that was what we, we were planning on, um, going in, um, do my thing, and um, that, that, that was what, what I was seeing. Like, every time I was doing visualization from the fight that's what I was doing so that little sequence of me finishing it um, that was planned everything was planned about that sequence but I didn't know like it would be like like you said that fast but I knew I, I, I got him like this way but that fast might maybe not when do you do your visualization training where how do you how do you put that into your training camp? Um, I do it every morning. Every morning, if I have a fight plan, I'm doing my visualization, trying to, trying to to see a space in my in my in my head, and just do my thing, and probably see the fight happen. Like, probably like three hundred times in two months of preparation. So, like I said, that that's what that that's what was going supposed to happen, and it just happened. I guess like I see it. How important is the Montreal Canadiens hockey club in your life? Uh, it's it's a special team. Like it's since I'm born, they, they they've never won the Stanley Cup though. But um, <laughs> I, I follow them like every, every time, every like every years. I I, I go, I, I watch game, and it's it's pretty big in here in Montreal for. A lot of people, uh, the Montreal Canadiens is uh, our club. Like uh, <clears throat> some place have their soccer team, football team, and thing like that. But like we have our hockey because hockey is our our DNA. It's it's pretty big here in Montreal. What do you think about bare knuckle fighting? Would you ever do it? Oh man, it's something like it's interesting. The, the pay are great. Like th- there's a lot of good thing about this, but uh, man, I, I I shouldn't say that. But maybe you can say I'm, whatever you want on the show, bro. Go for it. Yeah, if I'm washed up or whatever in MMA, maybe I'll do a fight for them, like make some money. But uh, while my career is at at his, at his highest right now, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't risk. Like uh, man, everything's going so well right now, and. Like I, I look good. Like my last fight, ninety second, it didn't even get hit. That's pretty good. That's what I like about MMA. I can go in a fight and get out with no scratch in the face, and didn't even scratch my opponent. Like the plan wasn't to hurt him; was just to make him tap. So I did my job, and pretty good because I'm I'm clean and he is too, and I just show how dominant I was uh, in that cage. How many street fights have you been in? Oh, zero. I've never been in. Ah. Yeah, maybe, maybe I've been in something Mate, that looks lie. like it, a street don't, fight. Don't lie on the show. Don't lie on the show. No, no, no. I'm not lying. Like I've been in some, something that is wasn't a fight, but like I was like doing my stuff outside. But I've never been in a fight. Like. Uh, Maybe I I get it once in in, in the street, but I didn't even hit it back. Uh, I was just laughing at the guy and saying uh, how stupid he was, but never fought in the street. If you were to fight in the street, do you think do you what do you think the deficiency in most people, like your average um, civilian, what do you think? you would employ with your MMA game on the street? Would you go straight to the BJJ? Would you just slam them like wrestling? Or would you just use your kickboxing? My, if, if you look at my record, I have a lot of win and 
guillotine. And that's pretty much what I would do. Like, just drop his neck, take it, and choke it out. And then <laughs> let, let him go. Let, let, let his friend wake him up. Before the show, we were talking about GSP. Would you consider this guy to be your favorite fighter? Or would you say a different fighter influenced you more? Uh, do I have a favorite fighter first? Uh, I don't really have a favorite fighter. I like to take some trick from fighter I, I, I see fight, but I, I don't think I have a favorite fighter. Maybe he's the one that influenced me the most, so I guess you can tell he's my favorite fighter, but this guy was so dominant in his like in his prime even even now. Like like I told you earlier, he he is he is the man. He's still the man. He was the man. He he's something special. He, he, he in my opinion He's the goat, and he's still the goat. Like, there's no way. I, I look. I'm pretty sure if he comes back, he can beat like pretty much everybody in the welterweight division. Um, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it could be uh, the 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 middleweight champion. Uh, what's his name? Fuck. Um, Sean Strickland. Yeah, pretty sure George Champier beat Sean Strickland like easy easy money easier than I, Michael Bisping I can't I can't agree with you on that one I do consider GSP to be that skill level so welterweight I think if he goes up against Leon or Kamara or Colby I think he can beat those three if he were to come back even now but I do not think that he would be able to beat Sean Strickland I believe that in the next couple of fights you'll see that Sean is actually much better than what people are thinking of him. And uh, my prediction is that if Chemaev even gets to the belt or Drikas gets to the belt, I believe Sean beats both of them. So if you think those oh, yeah. two, I think Sean, I think Sean holds the belt for a long enough period of time to prove that he's much better than what people are saying. So how do you feel about oh. that? I'm surprised a bit. Um, I'm pretty sure if Sean fight a, fight a wrestler, he loses his belt pretty fast, um, and that that that's why I think George can beat him. Like George can wrestle him, and like George did to Michael Bisping in the middleweight. I'm pretty sure he can do the same with Sean Strickland. Uh, but yeah, I think Sean Strickland is good, a good striker, but I don't think he can beat a, a good wrestler. I don't know. Yeah, the only problem with that, I, I would I would recommend you to watch some more of his tape, like watch other fights of his, because if you look, he's got an underrated wrestling game. Like he he can he can wrestle very well. The fact that he didn't use it to against Israel was absurd. So his grappling systems, like his BJJ and his wrestling, are very good, and he's employed that in a lot of his fights. I think that. When you compare him from, like, let's say, a Bisping to Sean, Sean is miles ahead of Bisping, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, a little bit. I would say, I would say it's a stretch with with GSP at middleweight, but I totally agree with you at uh, welterweight. Yeah. All right. Good. You need you need to do some more research on on Sean. I'm telling you because it, you'll be very surprised that if in the next like four years Sean defends that belt another three or four times, then my prediction uh, will be made apparent. The only person that I see with the ability to beat Sean would be Bo Nickel. Oh, yeah, Bo Nickel is. Yeah, he could be champion right now. I would have to see uh, his skill level and do another like analysis on Bo, but I just really appreciate the fact that Bo is an American that that has incorporated his BJJ into his wrestling game. I think anyone that does that is um, already a step ahead of any grappler. How do you feel about that? I totally agree. Like, it's the most important skills in MMA is the wrestling, the transition from going, getting up and going down. The transition to the, the, the capacity to be able to Either keep the fight standing or bring the fight down. That that's how George Saint Pierre made his whole career. Like 
he strike with the one with the people that he didn't want it to go down with, and he go down with the people that he didn't want it to strike with. Michael, let's talk about that. So his grappling system was wrestling and then judo as well as jujitsu. He incorporated the, like a fluid grappling system with all three of them. You've trained with him. How have you incorporated this idea into your MMA game? Um, a lot. Uh, like I said, it's so important to be able to decide. Like even when you fight a good BGG guy, if you're on top, he can't do shit. And, and if you, like, there's no BGG in MMA. What do you mean there's, by that? What I mean is, if you go to my leg, try, try a leg lock, I'm going to slap you with my fist. Like, it's not that simple. Like, you have the, 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 the strike. In, in BGG, you want to create space to, like, advance in your position. But if you create space and I use that space to elbow or, or, or strike or everything, anything, like, it's not BGG. It's special. It's a special BGG made for MMA. But, like, the BGG is not, like, that simple. It's not traditional. It's special to MMA. If you fight a guy that you're 10 times stronger than him, you're going to do your your BGG. But if you fight a, a high-level guy that know when to strike, know what, what to do when there's separation between two people, he will make you regret those, like, lazy, lazy, lazy distance and... Uh, thing you're doing on the ground like it's such a a, a, a control game uh, the BGG and MMA is it's more of a control game than a BGG game what's your judo like my my judo is I think I'm a green belt something like that whatever uh like, I like I, to I've, think. I like to think of the judo component in MMA more so like like kicking the legs out from the clinch, and also just the sweeping movements, and more the how can I say like rotational stuff. Like when you're up against the cage and you and you you know put your leg on their leg to throw them over. Like if even if that's wrestling or jujitsu, I still consider that more of a judo type of technique than than your. Um, than your wrestling in BJJ. I have it as a clear distinction because it's important to see those parts. And if you can improve those parts, I think I think Islam Makachev has done that amazingly. He's separated those three. And because of that, you know exactly what he's doing and each one flows to by keeping them separate, you can keep them as a holistic game instead of instead of only doing one. Yeah, I I, I think you're right. Um yeah, um yeah, I think you're right. Um, I'm trying to figure out um, how you do it. You, you, do you want to reveal your secrets of how you do it, or are you trying to are you trying to keep them to yourself? Um, personally, when I, I, I the judo aspect of it, um, I always like to use the cage. When I'm close to someone, I try to be close to him, like with the cage between him, because he can't go back, he can't go straight, so he, he only have sideways. And from there, what I like to do is to control the chin. If, if his chin is looking there, he, like, like there's no way he could move the other way. So I, I like to, to use my, my front, my front head to, to, to control the chin. And from there, like, uh, I know I, I can work with my arm and go lower and keep him higher. So he's high, I'm low. So I take him down pretty, pretty fast usually. I'm going to tell you a topic in MMA that I'm actually kind of annoyed with. So we had Demetrius Johnson, Dominic Cruz, Jose Aldo, uh, GSP, John Jones, Anderson Silva, like all of the great champions during that era. Not a single one of them, not, not, not one of them went up to the next division to become a double champion unless it was at the like end of their career or if it was a permanent move. So now we've got these double champion fights way too frequently. In my opinion, yeah. I think you have to do I think you have to do way more to grant yourself the ability to even 
fight for the belt. I think the whole concept of a double champion is you're supposed to have two defending reigning champions instead mm-hmm. of somebody that has one or two belts fighting another person that's only just won the belt. So how do you feel about this, that there's way too many double champion fights now? Oh, I totally agree. Like, I don't think, I think that the, the time you become a champion, a real one, is when you defend your belt. So a guy like Conor McGregor, in my mind, he's never been champ champ. He, he, he beat Alvarez, and then he never beat anyone. And yeah, he, he had like did he did he beat someone after Alvarez in the fifty five division? Donald Cerrone, that was one seventy. Seventy though, yeah. No, he does not have a win at one fifty five. Yeah, then. that's the thing. Yeah, so. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think like you can call yourself a champ champ if you haven't defend like the two belts in the same time. Like John Jones is about to do that might be like the first champ champ you named if he defend against Milchik. What DC, DC DC did well? Yeah, DC did okay. Did he? Yeah, I think he defended both belts. Yes. Oh, yeah, but against Zurich Lewis, that was ridiculous, though. Yeah, nah, yeah. Yeah, don't count in. I don't count it. But um, I think John Jones is... I, I think John Jones is really beating, like, the best guy in the division, like, right now. If he beats Miocic, if he can beat... Uh, speed, speed, uh, well, there's there's Sergey Pavlovich and and uh, Tom Aspinall. Yeah, if he can beat those two, now he'll he'll be the champ champ goat and something special. Like, but though I don't think he will. He will like last long enough to. If he if he does it, if he does it, I'm impressed. But uh, I, I don't think he can do it. I I really think he's not the best heavyweight in the world right now. Yeah, in my opinion, I think that John will retire directly after the Steve Bay fight. Do you not think that's going to happen? Mm, I don't know. John Jones always surprised people, even if it's bad or good. So he he, he might try to fight like Aspinall. Like, I'd like it. I, I'd really like that matchup because I do think Aspinall is the best of your words right now. You really think that? I do. Yeah, I do. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't Sergey Pavlovich, who hasn't even used his wrestling, who has a decent wrestling game? I wouldn't say this is this is where this is where I get out of hand. So so Sean Strickland has good wrestling, like actually good wrestling. Sergey Pavlovich, yeah. I would say, has worse wrestling than Sean. You know what I mean? But okay. still, he still comes from Russia, so he has that wrestling game. Uh-huh. Aspinall, Aspinall's a really now that you mention it, Aspinall has such a varied MMA game that I can see why you would say he's the best. To be honest, now looking back at what you're saying, I think he moves like a light heavyweight there. Yeah, he moves very flat. Oh well, yeah, yeah, sure. He 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 moves very good. He he moves like John Jones at one uh, at two or five. But John Jones is slow at 260 to 255 or whatever. He looks slow. He looks... I don't know. I, 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 even my meal check, like, I think it's going to be a good fight against John Jones. I think it's going to be a mismatch. I think John Jones is going to finish him inside two rounds, either by KO or submission. Why do you think that it's going to be like a, like a back-and-forth fight? Because uh, Miocic can stop the takedown. I, I, I do think Miocic is better than people say at stopping takedown. And I, I don't feel John Jones is super fast at heavy weights. And Miocic has great... and yeah, Could be a good fight. It will be a good fight. I don't think it, it will be a mismatch. I, don't, I, I, will ne- I would never say like Miocic is over before he is. Why do you even think... Against, even against Cormier, like, would have been the easy call to say Cormier will beat him and he, he find a way to win. Cormier fought a stupid fight, I think. But uh, he, 
got to finish against Gormier. Why do you think Francis Ngannou was able to take down Stipe and also stuff the takedowns really well? Because Stipe was too 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 light for a heavyweight, and uh, Daniel Cormier says Stipe uh, gain weight. So I think he, he, the the same way and yeah the same way Ngannou beat Sergian. Sergian was too too little to him. Like did. did it's it's not logic that a heavyweight weight two thirty five when the other guy weight two sixty. It's like if I'm a lightweight and I fight for against a middleweight, that like that's stupid. So the the, the weight advantage is such a such an advantage. That's why Aspinall is that good. He is that fast with that weight, that much weight. Yeah, that that, that that's pretty much what I think. Looking back now, I think that Fedor, like a prime version of Emelianenko, could probably beat the current iteration of Stipe and John. Like, if you look at the speed and just how 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 balanced his MMA game is, he had every single... He, he was like a version of Khabib, I would say, before Khabib even existed, with better striking and, and a little bit less worse grappling. I think that he would be able to beat both of these guys right now in their current form. Do you think I've got that wrong? I don't think you're wrong. I think Prime Fedor would be interesting to. I don't think the heavyweight division is the one that is the um, the most advanced. Like the 135 is, yeah, technically, technique wise, the 135 are, are such an advanced division. Like probably like two times, two times the heavyweight. We have like, and I don't think the heavyweight division evolves as fast as the other. So I'm pretty sure a guy like Fedor was in advance in it in his time on his time, and he's still pretty much there with our time. So yeah, I think a guy like Fedor could beat pretty much everyone in that division. But it's heavyweight; like everyone can beat everyone. Like that's the thing with heavyweight; like it's, it, it can happen so often. Like. Derek Lewis is the perfect example. Like he beat uh, uh, what's his name, uh, the wrestler Volkov. Yeah, he beat Volkov, but he beat um, Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades. He should never have beat Curtis Blades, but he did. So that that's the thing with the heavyweight. The, the hands are so big and so the power generate is so impressive. Like there's no brain, there's no head in the world that can handle it. Uh, it from those heavyweight guys. That's it. Let's talk about that 135 division that you just brought up. A match that I'm very excited for is Song Yudong versus Piotr Yan just got booked. Now, this is this is a really weird matchmaking by the UFC, in my opinion, because either they're trying to build Song Yudong to be their next champion, or they're trying to get Piotr Yan an immediate title shot, in my opinion. Because I don't think I don't think it's a smart decision to chuck a 25, 26 year old up against a former champion of the division. I think I haven't picked a person that I think will win that fight. Just off recency bias, I'd probably go with Song Yudong because he's constantly improving and he just had a really good fight with Corey Sandhagen, which was stopped only because of a doctor stoppage, uh, and Song was willing to continue. That was. That fight was going to go down to the fifth round, and 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 he was willing to do that fifth round, but they told him to stop. So that's definitely not his fault. Um, yeah, I think Song Yudong, now that he's been in the UFC and had like nine, ten UFC fights, and he's only twenty-five, I think now Song Yudong is going to come into his own. Have you looked into this match, and uh, what's your opinion on it? Um, like a year ago, I was such a big fan of Peter Yan. He was Sorry. the most interesting fighter to analyze. He, he, he was such a dominant guy, but since his loss against uh, uh, his the, 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 his title loss, he he hasn't been like anyways anyway close from what he was like that dominant those angles everything he was doing so good. I don't know. I don't know. I. I don't understand why Peter Yan is, isn't like champion now. He, he, 
because you look one year ago, he he was the man and he was he's, he was killing the division. But right now he, he's having trouble and I don't know, maybe he's on he's on his uh, downfall. And like you say, Sander Young is he, he, on his uh, uprise. So would be an interesting fight, yeah. I think if Piotr can tap into what he had in his prime, where his clinch work was amazing, his striking was in elite, and he had really good um, clinch takedowns, like that judo system that I was talking to you about, and the really underrated trip and grappling, I think that there's no reason why he couldn't go on a two- to three-year run and regain the belt, especially if Sugar still holds the belt. Yeah, sure. But, yeah. Do you think he beat Sugar their, their, their match? After rewatching that fight, I watched around three to four times. Okay. Um, Sh- Sugar definitely won the first round, meaning that he wins the fight because it was down to the first round. Because the, you give the second round to Piotr, and then because in the third round, Sugar basically dropped, cut him open, dropped him, you know, it's Sugar's round. The first round, there was a lot of control time by Piotr, but when you look at the damage and who landed shots, Piotr was hitting the gloves a lot of Sugar and actively hitting the gloves and legs, whilst Sugar was really catching them with clean punches on, on the head and uh, on the chin. So if you just basis of that very, very close round, when you look at it from a judge's standpoint, you have to you have to give unbiasedly you have to give it to sugar just by a smidgen of damage. What do you think about judging judging in the sport? Should there be I more think... judges? Should there they be like in a different room? Uh with no crowd? Should they there be like in the Olympics like five judges and you delete the first and the the the, the, the fifth and you only take three, the three average? What is there a solution? I think you need three judges. I think what you should do is you should have three new judges, like a pool of judges, maybe 30 judges, and have three random ones picked every fight so so they, they have time off and they don't have to sit there watching every single fight and, you know, after a while you get fatigued after watching six hours of fights. Um, I think they should be in a different room without the crowd. I think that if there's a bad decision, there should be more there should be more tribunals to question the judges for their calls and then maybe get get decisions overturned. Because when you have a fight like Volk and Islam that could actually go either way, in my opinion, that's a draw. That is the easiest draw to pick. If you have such a close fight like that, like really think about it. If someone's getting pummeled the shit out of and Islam is getting hit badly by Volk and Volk, Volk looks like he wins the fight, but the decision goes straight to Islam, that is a draw. That is a draw. So what you need to do is you need to have the judges accountable so they can't keep on giving bad decisions like we saw with Shevchenko as there was a 10-8 round where there definitely wasn't, and also Sandhagen versus Cheeto Vera where Cheeto lost every round of the fight and Cheeto got a split decision if you had randomized judges. You definitely, the crowd skews, skews it, and that's another thing with Piotr. Piotr does a big slam on Sugar that does nothing. The crowd goes absolutely wild. The judge that is in the moment went, oh, my God, Piotr just slammed Sugar, but really nothing actually came from it. So I think they should be definitely in a, like a, in a room that has, that has um, no crowd influence. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think this would solve a lot of problems as well as the accountability. Yeah, and I feel another thing, like the angles that the judges have, like that's kind of stupid, like... They, they have angles, and sometimes you don't even see the hit from your angles. There's so many stupid things. Like like you say, the judge is tired at the end of the night. Like There's so many things. That's why I, I really think we should have more judges. And yeah, fuck. 
it shouldn't be a 10-point must system either. I think they should do it off a one and two method. You know what I mean? Like, if you win the round, yeah. you get one point. If you dominate the round, you get two points. You know what I mean? Dependent mm-hmm. on on how you do. And I think more draws should be uh, given because if you look, there would be 20 times more rematches. And I know people hate that, but that is what is fair because if athletes are trying that hard training that hard, what's what's worse for their mental? Them losing a really close decision that they look back and they obsess over that they thought they won? Or... Why not do Why not do an extra round? Like if it's a draw, fucking give them an extra round. Like that's smart. You shouldn't. That's smart. You shouldn't have like 25 minutes to give a decision. Like at the end of the round, your decision should have been taken. So we count the points, and if there's a next round, like. Okay, you fight one more round. You, yeah, you don't need more than a minute to to decide who won. Like you, you look at the sheet, you see the sheet, and if it's a draw, hey, then there's an extra round. And believe me, this round, like this round, would be interesting as fuck. Bare knuckle boxing has implemented that and has led to some of the craziest fights ever. If you recall, Mike Perry fought Michael Venom Page. And they came to the end of the fight and it was a draw. They went an extra round and Mike, who was more efficient with his cardio, more durable and the, and had a bigger heart and will to win, was beating up on the withered and damaged Venom Page, meaning that we found who the true winner was. We found who the person that was going to win that fight was if there was no time limits, which is the whole purpose of the sport. So I definitely agree with you um, for the sixth round. Do you want to add anything or do you want me to ask you a question about your career? Oh, let's go on the question. I had something else to say, but I forgot. So, Yeah, another thing, another thing on the judges, like we fight, fighters don't even know what, they, what the judges are going to count. Like, is he giving points to a takedown at the end of a round? Like, I've had it, it in my career once, like, I dominated the fifth round. It was a championship fight. I dominated. And I get slammed at the last second of the round and they give it to the other guy. Like, I have, I have like, one decision on my side, one decision on the other side, and the, the other, other judges, like, the, the, two, the two judges, pretty sure they give the fifth round that I dominated. Like, you can't say I didn't dominate the round. And... They gave it to him just because I get slammed at the end of the round. But, like, tell me, like, you're going to give that much point on a takedown at the end of a round. And I promise you, I will be sharp until the end. Like, I'll not, whatever, that's the thing. I don't know, we don't know as a fighter what the judges are counting. Like, are they counting the damage, the volumes, the center of the the octagon, the, the... the takedown, the the, the, the the activity, the the, the, the violence in our shot, the, the who controls the fight, like we don't even know that. So that's hard to fight a fight. Like we, we don't really fight for a decision, but when's when the fight is closed, like if my coach in the let's say a, a third round fight, we're in the, the, the third round and we don't know we think I might lose the two first round because like I get I don't know control on the ground, or uh, I, I, the judges are giving a lot of point on the takedown, and I get takedown in the two first rounds, so I know I lose the, those rounds. I will go for the, for the kill in the fifth round, but like we don't know, we don't know how they judge, and they don't even know themselves. That's the thing that I hate. Maybe they should get ex fighters to see. That's the problem. If they do ex fighters, then that fighter has a team, do they not? So if you have Daniel Cormier commentating Islam, it's kind of biased. If you have Daniel Cormier, um, you know, voting on who won the fight and Islam's fighting, like that's a severe mm-hmm. problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you describe for us your fight style for someone that's never watched your fights? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a very aggressive fighter. Like I like to put pressure. Um, I'm not the most elegant fighter because... That 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 I know, I'm not the most like technical striker, but like I can put a, a big volume and control pretty much the where the the action is going. Um, yeah, like I said, I, 
I'm super, uh, super, like, I, I get you tired really fast because I'm always in your head and I'm go always going forward. I don't get hurt really much. Like, I don't think I've never been, like, rocking in a fight. Um, I, I'm a showman. I, like, like I said in my, my interview of post-fight, uh, I like to put a show uh, for people and I, I, I like to give like fight to the to the fans like I know they're they're paying for the their tickets so I like to go there and fight a war um, either if you look at my fight you'll see it's either a finish or a fucking war um, I'm always going for the finish and if it's really hard I'll go for the war and that's the thing with wars like it, it goes for a decision most of the time and like I said I'm not the most elegant fighter so um, I lost like I lost four fights in my career and it was for a split decision so that's pretty uh, that says a lot like if I fight and it goes to decision people will like the fight because I fight my fight and you only count finishes yeah that's the thing I'm so I'm undefeated, bro. <laughs> I, I saw that on your Instagram, eleven and zero, right? Yeah, that's it. When did you first meet Richard Ho, and how does he influence your career? What's he like working with him? Um, he, he's a very tactical guy. He's a real winner. He's a pure winner guy. Um, we have a lot of good fighter too at the gym and the, the H2O is, is, is something I level. Like we have Olivier Omer Mercier that is a world champion for PFL. Uh, if you ask me, I think he's probably top eight in the world right now uh, at 55. Um, oh, yeah. Yep. I'm pretty sure he, he could be like a top eight and he could give a fight to all those guys. Like, I don't know what, what position he would be, but pretty sure he's top eight. He, his control game is so good right now. And he, he's like eight in a row, eight win in a row with, with the PFL. Um, he's dominating it. He's going, I said eight, but I think it might be nine. And never lost a round, maybe once, uh, against the champ champ and Aiden Schultz. So, yeah, like I say, uh, we have a very good team. Uh, Richard's a winner. Uh, always pushing. Like, like we are really good athlete. We, we are... We work wrestling. We work drills. We're always, always drilling, always wrestling. Like, that's why we, we dominate. Like, right now, our amateur team is, like, such a high level. We own like a lot of belt. Uh, we own a couple of professional belt. Um, so man, uh, like I said, we might be the best team in in Canada right now. Um, we are with TriStar, so like we go to TriStar to train train with the guys, and like I said, TriStar and H2O is the best team in Canada right now. When did you meet Olivier, and does he give you the best sparring rounds? Oh yeah, Olivier is such dominating fighter. Like I said, like like I was talking about the the, the BGG and MMA, he is the one that made me understand this. Like, I, I am a finisher, so I, I'm always going for the finish. But Olivier, he, he he learned me how to not only go for the finish, but control and don't take as much risk on the ground, like control, give a hit, control, give two hits, control, give a different hit, like sometimes you're, you're, you're controlling it, 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 go uppercut, like when, when you're controlling, like take the times to, take, take the time to, to know where you're hitting and hit differently, it's smart, um, but always control. Um, that's the thing about Olivier. He's so good at doing this. That's why he is such a dominant athlete right now. And I'm 
in my mind, the, 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 the prime of a fighter is pretty much 32 years old, uh, 33, and Olivier is pretty much right there right now. So um, he's fighting for the million dollar tournament for PFL uh, in, in a month, in a month and a half. He's already uh, won the million dollar check, right? He already won it once, but he's going for a repeat. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's going to win it and be a champion, two-time millionaire fighter. Um, he's a good friend of mine, so uh, I know even if he retires after that fight, he, he'll stick to the gym because uh, we are, like, kind of family in the gym. We're pretty tight. So, yeah, that's it. Has he ever spoken about maybe going back to the UFC after winning the tournament? No, he didn't like UFC. Uh, I heard, yes. Yeah, so uh, no, he, last year was talking about retirement, and this year I think it's uh, even more, uh, even more possible. So we'll see. Um, he's the man; he takes his decision. So we'll see, and we'll be. Right there for him if he if he continue, and we're support support him if he if he stops. So he takes his decision. But if he if he's two time millionaire, I think he he can uh, enjoy life a bit. Michael, if there's UFC scouts watching this right now, what message do you have for them? You should sign me, because <laughs> uh, like I said, I like to give show to people. I like to finish my opponent. I don't like decision. But when I go to the decision, like there's no way I, I still, I have energy. Like I'll give, I, I'll give my everything. I'm, I've never been finished. Uh, planning on keeping that streak. Um, and I like to finish either, either TKO or a submission. Um, I'm more, I'm more of a submission artist. But, uh, if you want to 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 strike with me, I'm good with it too. Cause that that's the thing. Sometimes I, I I'm stupid a bit, and I, I go for for the war, and I should stick to the game plan um, that I'm learning. But uh, yeah, like like I said, I like to give shows, and that's what they won't they won't finish, and I'm a finisher. What's the hardest you've ever been hit? I don't know. I've never, like, like I said, I've never been rocking a fight, so it's hard to tell. Um, I remember my first pro fight. I took a, a knee. I was, I was like going down, and the guy kneed me in the face, and I, I just did fucking that, and I was smiling at him. That I remember. It was my first pro fight back in uh, ten years ago, so back in 2013, and I was so young at that time, 18 years old. And uh didn't get rocked after that. Uh, I fought uh, Jess Ronson, that is a UFC veteran. Um, he hits me a lot, but um, didn't even get, like, I don't think my my, my face hurts at, at the end of the fight. I remember my, my, my last losses I have uh, against Kyle Prupolek. Uh, he hit me a lot of time in the nose and I think he broke my nose in the first round and I was like, okay. In the second round, no, in the third round, I was like, okay, I'm tired to get hit on the nose. The nose start hurting, so I'll start block the, 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 the shot. So I tried to block uh, from that uh, from that moment and the fight didn't go my way, but uh, I gave up a show like when it was the fight in the fight of the year in Canada. Yeah, that's the thing too. Like, all my losses are like my my two last losses are fight of the year in Canada, and my two other losses that I have like back in 2013, my two first my two first pro fight I lost, and uh, against like close fight that was fight of the night um, decision again, but uh, yeah, my two last losses recent losses like fight of the year so if i don't win like i give a show so <laughs> that's it 
What has GSP taught you in training that you haven't gotten from any other coach that you've spoken to? Um, uh, George has a, a, an aura over his head and an halo. And when he says something, you listen. So he just like teach me how to shoot correctly. He teach me like once and everyone was telling me how to shoot and I was like, yeah, I don't understand, don't understand, I don't understand. George showed me like his blast double once and since that day, like I can blast double everyone. So I'd say the blast double. What was it like fighting uh, Luis Benya? Can you, what can you tell us about this fight? Oh shit, that was a hell of a story. Um, first, I was supposed to fight for another organization and the day the day before I was supposed to leave by plane to go in uh, South Carolina, the fight got canceled like four days before the fight. So super angry, like I was walking. No, I was, I was sleeping, okay? I was sleeping, I waked up, and people were texting me like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, what the fuck, man? Why are you sorry? Like, oh, your, your fight is, is canceled. I fuck. There's no way I'm leaving like tomorrow. And finally, I got a call from the the guy from the organization, and he told me like, "Oh uh, yeah, the fight is canceled." I'm like, "There's no fucking way." And finally, so lucky, another another organization saw that, and they 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 were like, "Oh shit, we want that matchup on our card." So we put the fight three weeks later. So. I was like already cutting weight and um, starting my, 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 my last week. So my water loading and everything. And we cut that. I take two days break because it took like a week, three, five days uh, until it got like rescheduled. So I took breaks and I, I didn't want it to, to cheat too much, whatever. So finally the fight happened in Chattanooga, uh, Tennessee, Chattanooga. Like my last training, okay. I was uh, I was leaving like the day after my last training. I fucking broke my foot, and I was like, "Oh shit!" My last sparring, last, last, last training, okay. I was like, "Oh shit!" And my Did coach told me, "Yeah." My coach told me, "Hey, you shouldn't spar, but if you won't, like, do two or three rounds." I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'm good. I can spar." I did two rounds and. Like, my, my coach had left at that moment. I did two rounds, and I started the third round. I fucking kicked an elbow. I was like, okay, it's not hurting that much. I continued the round, but I was like, oh, no, there's no way. I can't, I can't continue. It hurts too much. And, like, I will gain nothing by that, by that, with that last round. So, after the fight, I can't walk. Uh, so, I walk on one foot. Uh, I tried so many things. Like, I had, like, I tried so many things. I tried to uh, uh, ice and hot and cold. And I tried uh, with uh, to put my foot in, in like dirt or something like to get it clean uh, better. I, I went to a to a doctor and I asked him if if it was broken, and he say, "Oh, I don't think so, but maybe because it, it it was so big." So I was like, "Okay, can I do radio?" So I had radio on my foot and the doctor said, I don't know, but it might be broken, but I don't think so. So I was like, okay, I'll take the fight. Maybe it will be be will get better in like three days. So three days later, it's not better. Still hurting as fuck and I can't even walk. And we are like preparing like ourselves the, the, the day of the fight. And I'm like, man, I, I need to put something on my foot. We tape it. And we arrived to, to, to go to the fight, and the, the guy told the guy from the regime told us like, "Oh, you can't have that." So we take it off, and I was like, "Okay, I need to finish that fight real quick because I can't walk." So the fight start. I, I I went nuts. I tried to rush him. Uh, I got the guillotine, and I was holding it so tight. And in my in my head, I was like, "If he gets." If he gets out of the guillotine, I don't know what I'm doing. So I fucking squeeze. I give everything on that squeeze. I squeeze my... I give my everything. I squeeze it so hard. 
And Lewis was a hard guy. Like he, he fought like I think seven times in the UFC. He's a good fighter. He was he has a good record. If it's not a, of a he is cut because he got a he beat his wife or something like that. A super good fighter. He, he, they wanted him to be a superstar, but whatever. I finished the fight and I was so happy. Like I jump on the on the cage. I I, I jump. I jumped on my foot and I was like, oh shit, that was so stupid. That will hurt tomorrow. tomorrow. And uh, yeah, it hurts, but uh, the, the win is worth everything. So that was a fuck. That was a good, good win. After being in the cage with a UFC fighter, how do you think your skills compare to the current UFC lightweight roster? Oh, I really think I can beat all of them. All of them? Like, who, who, who do you see right now that you think you could outclass? Oh, man, I, I really think I can beat... I, I, in my mind, I can fight... I, I should be top 20 in the UFC right now. And, like, give me the fight you want and I'll take it. Like, there's no way I refuse a fight. Uh, and I'm confident in my skills, like... I'm really confident in myself. Um, I know I, I know I can beat like all the guy out, outside of the top 20 and the rest like I, I can give fights to all those guys. I can hold my I will I will hold my ground if 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 you put me right there right now. But I know I still have room to improve. So like whatever, like I'm ready. If they don't give you a fight um, in the next couple months, will you go back to PFL or UAE Warriors just to get that final uh, fight to do it again? Uh, man, I, I believe they will give me that fight, so I don't want to think about anything else. But I, I believe I deserve that call. And I know they're coming in Canada in, in, in January, Toronto. And I know I deserve to be on that card. And I'm ready to fight anyone at the 55 division, the 70 division. Like, if, if I need to fight at the welterweight, I will do it once if it gives me my, my place in the UFC. But I know I deserve a shot. And I just hope they will call me. Let's talk about UFC Canada in January. UFC 297. I don't know if you knew that, if you know the news, but it just got released that the main event is Ilya yeah. versus Alexander Volkanovsky, and yeah, the incredible. and the co-main event is Movzar versus uh, Movzar Ivloev versus Arnold Allen. So oh yeah, yeah. So let's. Let's discuss these two fights starting from the co-mate, moving to the main event after. Let's talk about Movzar versus Arnold. How I see this match is that Arnold Allen has really good takedown defense. He can strike. I trained with Arnold. I trained with Arnold a lot in TriStar, and he is such a good athlete. Like, lately, we, we haven't trained together because uh, because of uh, whatever, the, the COVID, I think. But... Uh, I think he's back in Montreal right now, so I can't wait to train with him. Um, and, man, my money is on Arnold. He's such a good athlete and he's such a big 145. He, he's so fast. He's so good. He's southpaw. He is a dangerous motherfucker. So, as you were saying, my prediction was that he has a really big striking advantage over Movzar because he did well up against Max Holloway, which a lot of fighters don't do. Yeah. So, so Arnold Allen, he has the speed, as you said. And one thing that's really underrated about his game is that not a lot of people take him down. He's got a very good takedown defense. But this is where the equalizer comes in. So Movzar is 17-0 and zero now, right? You can, you can bet all the money you like on a fighter's, you know, how good they are, their skills. But you can't bet on a fighter's will to win. Their will and the, and their heart is something that is an equalizer. Like someone like Yuri Prokasha, Yuri shouldn't win any of the fights that he's been in, but for some reason, because he's got such a determination and will, 
his record is wonderful. All of his fights have ended in finish. He's outlasted and outwilled all of his opponents. Now, this is where Mozart comes in. He wants to win very, very badly. And I think that if he's if Arnold stuffs the first six, seven takedowns that Mozart goes for, Mozart's going to do another eight. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so how do you feel about the grappling exchanges between these two? I, do you think that Mozart can't get him down? What do you think about that? Um, I think it's the first time he's going to fight a guy like Arnold. Uh, Arnold's a top, top, top fighter. And at some point, it's really hard to do what you can do on a lower level skills guys than on a higher level skills guys. I, like I can shoot on repeat on someone that is not that good, but like on someone that is very, very good, it's really hard to like got declined so many times and still go there. And Arnold was undefeated before that all the way fight. He only had one loss. Okay, but yeah, Arnold, like, Arnold too is a pretty badass motherfucker and he wants to win. And I, like I said, my money's on Arnold. Um, I, I might be biased, but like, my money's there. Arnold it falls into the category of the only fighters to have a 10 fight win streak plus in the UFC and not get a title shot. Uh-huh. So I think that it's a very difficult match to call because you don't know how much they're going to improve per fight and it's a fight so anything can happen right now i'm leaning toward arnold because it just makes the most amount of sense but mm-hmm. um i wouldn't be i wouldn't be surprised if movzar goes in there and cardio machines and who do you think has the better cardio between the two still arnold went five round with uh a so pretty sure he but can the- do like the problem with that, the problem with that is that during that fight, it was kind of a lower pace towards a usual Max Holloway fight uh-huh. where he's throwing 60 around. He was throwing maybe like 20 or like 18 strikes. Mozart, on the other hand, it's way harder to grapple, as you know, than it is to strike. And Mozart can grapple for 25 minutes. When you know there's only three rounds, it's easier to go all out from the first round to the, to the third round. Like, you know, you can do it. So when there's five rounds, it's you, you gotta manage yourself a bit. And sometimes we do it wrong. I did five rounds, so I, I can I can speak about it about the matter. Um, it's it's hard to know how to pace yourself when you do a five round, because like the five round of a fight isn't the five round it isn't the same as a five round in training. So you never know how your body's going to react. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think on three rounds, Arnold should get the, 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 the W. Do you think that anyone that wins that match should fight for the title next at featherweight? I don't know. Um, who is the next featherweight in line right now? There's... There's well, there's Ilya at number four, but then Brian Ortega's number three. He's not getting a shot. Number two would be Yair. Number one would be Max. One, one or either swap Yair or Max. I don't know what that is. And then the champs Volk. So I think that I think that the only people that deserve the title shot would be either Arnold or Ivlov. Uh, should fight for the belt. Should it be a? Should it be a? Title, uh, title fight eliminator. Should it be that? Um, yeah, probably. Um, first, I think Volk is going to fight in the lightweight division after that fight. So the winner can fight for, I don't know, the interim belt or something. Uh, I think there should, the, the division should be, should get going. Um, so yeah, pretty, pretty sure the winner should have a, interim fight uh, for, for the belt. Uh, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, pretty sure. I think Volkanovski destroys Tupuria. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, but Tupuria is just so good. Uh, man, last last fight for Tupuria was very good. 
He fought smart. He fought. He was so efficient. Uh, he fought a perfect fight. But don't you think yeah, Josh Evans a little bit overrated? Yeah, probably. But I think, like, like I was going to say, I think Volk is the pound for pound number one fighter in the world right now. So um, it's really hard to go against Volk. But I really like Taporia. So I don't think you will destroy him, but uh, it will be a good fight. But I think Volk will, will win it. What's interesting is that there's a subgroup of champions in MMA that have beaten particular generations of fighters. And if Volk beats Tapuria, this will mean that he had beaten his third generation of fighter, putting him <laughs> in, putting him in the um, small bracket of greats like BSP and uh, Jones. Yeah, yeah, Volk, Volk is like I said. He's the man right now, and even if you say either he wins or he loses against uh, against uh, Makachev, like he gives the the, the fight that he, he gives Makachev's artist fight. So, uh, like for one forty five fivers, go to the fifty five guys, and Makachev is probably he could probably fight at this with the the welterweight. So. Um, yeah, uh, Volk is he's pretty much like like I said the number one pound for pound fighter in the world right now. Who gave you the nickname Canadian Badass? Who does that? Uh, it's a wrestler from uh, WWE. He was commentating my fight uh, at CFFC in Florida. It was my first fight uh, since uh, during the COVID. Uh, I haven't fought for like probably like fifteen months and. Uh, man, I don't remember his fight, but I won that fight and I was just so happy. I was like showing the traps and everything. And I, I, I look like, I don't know, I guess a badass motherfucker. Uh, and it was like, he just said like, oh, the Canadian badass, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, since that day, it, uh, it stuck with me. What was your time in Dubai like? Oh, man. Uh, it's something special, uh, different from everywhere I went in my in my life. Uh, man, it was very fun. It was beautiful. Like, it's a whole city, like, created from nothing. Um, it's interesting, like, how, how they did that and how rich it is. Um, and like I told you earlier, I, I speak French. My main language is, is, is French and we in Quebec are like uh, the only part of Canada like that speak French, and and like my 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 song my my entrance song is a uh, is is it's from a Quebecois that is called Bob Sonnet, and um, it's just saying saying with like our own way to own way to talk, and uh, it was pretty special to. Make people hear that 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 song from uh from where I come from and being so far from home, so yeah, it was was special. You're a brown belt in jujitsu, correct? Yeah, I should be black belt, but right now I'm a brown belt. <laughs> What's your favorite submission? Um, the guillotine. I have a very good guillotine and. Other than that, I really like the Renegade Choke. I'm really good at transitioning uh, to to the to the back and take the neck. Like I'm pretty good at taking the neck from everywhere. So even like grab the the head and arm and do a sweep, and after that do a a dart or something like everything that you can. You use the neck to 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 finish the opponent. I'm pretty good at it. Who's the best fighter that you've gone up against? Um, uh, in training or no, in not real training. Fight? In a real fight, um, it's probably a, a guy named Jess Ronson. He fought in the UFC for a couple of fights. Um, uh, he's a really good southpaw. Uh, I fought, I fought against him like maybe six years ago, 
uh, for a belt, and I, I lost that fight by split decision. But uh, he, he, he's a very technical guy that stuffed all my takedown, and I was trying to take him down so hard, but um, didn't didn't get my my, my takedowns. You fought friend of the show, Carl Nelson. What do you remember from that fight? Oh, it's my first pro fight. Um was a very good fight. He's the one that kneed me in the face that I was talking earlier. And um, that was a good fight. Uh, I was young, immature, not, not very immature, mature guy. was 18 years old. Um, I remember finishing the fight by ground and pounding him from the full mount. And I was talking about being stupid. Uh, I was stupid at that time. And I tried to, to finish him. And by, by ground and pound, I should just have tried to take the neck and finish the fight because um, uh, I don't know. Uh, I think I sh- could have won that fight by being smarter. But that's how you grow. And uh, it was my mistake. But I, I grow, I, I grow from, from that fight. So makes me the fighter I am today and like I said I can I can fight a top 20 guy in the UFC right now and I'm confident in my skills so makes me that fighter so I'm really proud of to, to have that like I fight that guy Cal Nelson makes me a better fighter what insights can you provide to us about working with Faraz Zahabi what was the first time that you met him and what influences he had on your career Oh, another guy that has a, an hollow on his head is Tirazabi. When he, when he tells you something, you listen and he, you are the student because this guy is a, is a genius. And um, he, he is very good. Uh, like, uh, I will be with it. I was with him on, on the le- last Olivier's fight, uh, last fight for Olivier with the PFL. And we watched at my opponent fight and everything, and he gives me a couple of a, a, a clue of things to do, I should do, and we worked a bit together. Uh, we, we did pads, and after my fight, I text him, like, uh, he asked me the video. I sent him the video and gave me a good, good uh, a couple of a good thing I did, and uh, I was very happy because he's someone, like, he's one of the best coach in the world ever. And it's very nice to have a compliment from this guy. That's all we have time for, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, Michael, for coming on the show. Is there any final remarks you want to say to the fans at home as we wrap up the podcast? Thanks for having me and uh, have a good night.